Welcome to the campfire, the only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction in exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named Pudinator. He called this one, I answer the letters that children send to Santa Claus. But I started to receive some very strange letters. Part two, please allow me to tell you his tale. I didn't even have time to scream before I felt the damp cloth get held across my mouth and nose. My nose immediately smelt a sweet odor which I could also slightly taste as I breathed in whatever the cloth was soaked in. I tried to claw the cloth away from my face, but the hand that held it there was too strong. I tried to scream. I tried to panic, but it was useless. I had no other choice other than to breathe in the chemicals on the cloth. I could feel my vision starting to disappear, and my hearing become muffled. I began to slip out of consciousness. The last thing I remember before everything went black was a muffled voice singing. I could make out the words lay down your sweet head. A haunting tune began to fill my ears. I could still only see black, but the sound of what sounded like melodic screaming was penetrating my ears. The screaming tune was only quiet and the sound of bells jingling accompanied the melody. My eyesight began to return. First, all I could sense were soft lights of red and green. Then the world around me came back into focus. It didn't take me long to realize that I wasn't in my apartment anymore. My apartment isn't covered in tinsel and fake snow, unlike where I was now. I was inside of a large hall filled with every Christmas decoration you could think of. If you imagine what Santa's village would look like, then that's probably a good description of where I was. Just in front of me was a small wooden sign with the words Welcome to Tinseltown painted on it in the same neat handwriting that was on the letters I received. Tinsel Town was beautiful, it really was. I was sitting in front of an expansive model village. Bright lights lit up the rows and rows of small, model houses. Fake snow was falling onto the top of them and sitting gently atop their roofs. A large Christmas tree sat at the center of the model village. Tinsel and baubles covered every inch of it. Around the Christmas tree, I could also see a model library and a large statue of a traditional-looking caroler. Near the back of the village, there was also a model church. On top of the large steeple that protruded from the church sat a large silver bell that swayed gently. Everything in the village was completely decorated. Lights were hanging from the front of the houses and tinsel was strewn across the model trees in each front yard. There was even a faint smell of fruit mince pies and gingerbread in the air. Everything about this place felt like Christmas should. I would have enjoyed the spectacle and the atmosphere that was before me if I wasn't taken here against my will. And if I wasn't bound to a chair. Well, a chair might be an understatement. I was tied to what looked more like a red, velvet throne. It looked exactly like the chairs that you see Santa depicted sitting in. Each wrist was bound to the armrests with a thick string of Christmas lights. Through my panic, my ears managed to tune back into the haunting music that I heard while I was regaining consciousness. It was coming from the side of me. I turned my head to face whatever it was that was making the sound. I saw that it was coming from an old record player. It sounded as if something was screaming a tune through the player. 
rather than actual music. Standing next to the record player, with his back facing towards me, was a fairly tall, portly man dressed in a dark black coat. A top hat sat on top of his head, which was also black with a red stripe that ran along its circumference. The man must have noticed that I was looking at him because at that moment, he turned off the record player, and he turned around to face me. The first thing I saw when he turned around was his thick, brown mustache that sat above his top lip. The man, who must have been in his early 40s, also had large, brown mutton chops that sprouted out of his face. He was also wearing a large, red handkerchief that sat around his neck. In his left hand, he was holding sleigh bells, which I guessed was the bell sound I had heard. He looked exactly like the caroler statue that stood inside the model village. Ah, you're awake. Splendid, he said in a rather energetic and joyful voice. I didn't respond, well not by speaking anyway. I started to panic, which involved both screaming and crying. I screamed as loud as I could, for help, for anyone that could hear me. The man, who I assumed was the caroler, walked over to the large throne and knelt down in front of me and began to wave the sleigh bells directly in my face. I think this was his way of silencing me, but it would take more than a ringing bell to silence me. He could tell that his method wasn't working and so he stood back up, put his hand into his pocket, and pulled out a very large candy cane. He unwrapped it and shoved the straight end directly into my mouth. I felt it almost touch the back of my throat and I gagged a little bit on it. I used the muscles in my mouth to push it forward slightly just enough so that it was sitting slightly more comfortably in my mouth. This time, the caroler's method had worked. He had been able to silence me. Why all the screaming and crying? Don't you know it's the most wonderful time of the year? Tis the season to be jolly, he said to me in a slightly mocking tone, as he theatrically threw his hand up in the air. He then began to laugh a hearty guffaw. His laughter was loud and, besides the fact he was most likely a killer, it sounded jolly. He stopped laughing and began to stare at me, almost as if he was proud of me. Or maybe he was proud he had been able to abduct me. He bent down again, this time so that he could see into my eyes. His bright green eyes were almost parallel to mine. He stared at me with an intensity I had never felt before. A smile then formed across his face, a smile of almost pure joy. He was enjoying himself immensely. He then began to speak in an excited tone. I'm sorry, I haven't welcomed you to my home yet. Welcome to Tinseltown, he said as he stood up and waved his arm to show off the model village that was before us. Do you like it? Does it have enough Christmas spirit? He asked me, then waited for a response. MMMHHMMHHMM was all I could answer due to the candy cane stuck inside my mouth. Hum, yes I forgot, you're too busy enjoying the Christmas snacks. Tut tut. He said as he mockingly waggled a finger towards me. No matter, he continued, even with a mouthful. You can still enjoy the spectacle of Tinseltown. We've got parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. And believe me, we have ghost stories. And the best bit is that it is all for you. The caroler must have seen the look of confusion on my face after he finished speaking, as he quickly acknowledged it. You didn't think this was all for you. Of course it is. You are my twelfth day of Christmas. The finale to my carol. His explanation didn't help with my confusion. In fact, it actually made it worse. Which is something I think he also noticed. 
He sharply turned around on the spot and walked back over to the record player. He placed the needle back onto the record and the screaming symphony started to play again. I couldn't shake the feeling that the screams I was hearing through the player were real. And just the thought of that being true made me tremble. I felt tears welling up in my eyes as I listened to the painful and haunting screams. I then recognized what tune the screams were performing. They were somehow editing so that they were in the tune of the 12 days of Christmas. The caroler stood next to the record player and was waving his right hand through the air like he was conducting the song. He had a large smile on his face and was staring directly at me. I now knew exactly what he meant by I was his 12th day of Christmas. I began to frantically wriggle and tried to break free from the Christmas lights that were tightly binding my arms to the chair. The caroler watched on as I struggled, amused by what he saw. He took a step towards me and called out. I'm so glad you received those letters I sent over to you. It means we get to have this festive fun. But before we deck the halls, let's finish my masterpiece. What do you say? Once again, I couldn't respond because I was still sucking on the candy cane. I think it was more of a rhetorical question this time though. The caroler turned back around and stepped back over to where the record player was resting on top of a large wooden desk. I saw him rummage around the desk for a moment and so I saw this as an opportunity. With his back turned, I was able to wriggle my arms and slightly loosen the Christmas lights that were tied around them. I could only try and free myself for a moment though because the caroler swiftly turned back around to face me again. He was no longer holding the sleigh bells that he once had been. He had something different in his hand. He was now holding a fairly large nutcracker. The nutcracker was painted like a small man and had a fluffy white beard, like the ones from the famous ballet. It was menacingly staring at me with its wide open mouth. The caroler carried the nutcracker closer and closer towards me. I knew that it was not going to be cracking open nuts. It was going to be used on me. I wanted to scream, but I couldn't. He took one step at a time, building the suspense before the inevitable. He was almost next to me now and the nutcracker was directly in my line of sight. Its small, painted eyes were staring directly into mine, almost as if they were mocking me or wanted to stare at their next victim. The caroler grabbed a hold of my index finger on my left hand and forced it to extend outwards, outwards towards the open mouth of the nutcracker. He placed my finger just inside of the mouth and then placed his hand on the back of the nutcracker, ready to make the mouth close sharply. Make sure you scream loudly and tunefully, he commanded me. He was bent down and was looking directly at me as he spoke. A frightening smile was across his face. I saw him about to pull the small wooden lever of the nutcracker. He thought he had me exactly where he wanted me. But really, I had him exactly where I wanted him. In one swift movement, I pulled my right hand out of the Christmas light binding. I had managed to wriggle my hand and loosen them just enough for it to slip through. My hand slid free in one smooth motion, without much resistance at all. Once it was free, I rushed my hand up towards my face, towards the candy cane inside my mouth. Ever since the caroler had forced the candy into my mouth, I had one goal in mind, to make it as sharp as possible, because for some reason, candy canes can be turned into a weapon with a very fine point. This is exactly what I had been doing for most of the time that the caroler had been talking to me. I was just relieved that he hadn't caught on to the fact that that was what I was up to. I pulled the candy cane out of my mouth with my now free hand, gripping it with all of my strength, 
I thrust it outwards with as much force as I could. It landed straight into the caroler's left cheek. It tore straight through the soft tissue on his face, and I felt it pierce through the other side of his mouth. I pulled the candy cane back through the gaping hole it had just created, blood squirting out as I did. I thrust the candy cane downwards this time, and this time punctured a hole into the caroler's left thigh. With a quick twist, I broke the sharp tip off of the candy cane, leaving it embedded into his leg. The howl of pain that followed was louder than any I had heard before. I even heard a slight whistling sound that emanated from the large hole in his cheek. The caroler dropped to the floor, writhing in pain, and I knew that this was my chance to escape. I used my free right hand to pull and tug at the Christmas lights that were still holding my other hand captive. With a small amount of pulling, the lights loosened and I was able to free my left hand. Once free, I stood up from the Santa throne I was bound to and started to run making sure to give the caroler a heavy kick to the stomach on the way through. Once running, I didn't turn back to look at the damage I had inflicted upon the man. I just kept my eyes forward and focused on trying to find a way out of this place. I started to run through the model village, passing through rows upon rows of small houses. I wasn't exactly sure where I needed to go, but I knew there had to be an exit to this place somewhere. Behind me, I heard a faint noise. It slowly began to grow louder, and it took me a second to realize what it was. It was singing. I immediately knew it was the caroler. I turned around and saw him standing up and looking out over the village. He was trying his best to sing loudly, but this was probably difficult, due to the hole I had just put into his cheek. You better not run. You better not hide. You better not leave. I'm telling you why. The caroler is coming to town. The song echoed across the model village and as soon as I heard it, I ducked down and tried my best to stay out of his view. I see you when you're screaming. I know when you're afraid. I know when you've been bad or good. You've been bad for goodness sake. He sang the words with a venom that previously wasn't in his voice. He was angry. He was angry that his twelfth day of Christmas was getting away. Staying crouched, I inched my way through the village passing through more rows of beautifully decorated houses. I soon made it to the center of the town, to where the large Christmas tree stood, also decorated to perfection, rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party chop. The caroler had suddenly changed what song he was singing, and I felt the panic rise up within me. There had to be a reason he changed to that particular song. He knew exactly where I was. You will get that sentimental feeling when you hear voices screaming. Let's be jolly, and deck the halls with bowels of holly. I thought that I had successfully hidden within the village, but that must have not been the case. After all, the caroler knew the ins and outs of the model town more than I did. I'm sure he easily figured out exactly where I was. I knew there was no other option. I needed to leave this place right now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. 
Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hiding was pointless, so I needed to run. I stood up and began to sprint. I ran past the Christmas tree and past the statue of the caroler. The library whooshed past in a blur, and I was now running towards the small model church. I didn't stop running, but instead took a huge leap and jumped over the roof of the holy building. I landed on the other side, expecting to see more houses. There weren't any. Instead, there was a large open area that was filled with rows and rows of small tombstones. I didn't have time to stop and read each tombstone, and I'm not even sure that there was anything written on them. It didn't concern me though, because what caught most of my attention was the large tombstone in the center of this model graveyard. This tombstone was different. It was full-sized and even had a large hole dug in front of it. The tombstone read one name, Holly Drummer, my name. I stopped in tracks at the sight of the gravestone with my name etched into it. The sound of jingling bells made me remember where I was and that I needed to keep moving. The exit must be around here somewhere. I then heard the caroler begin to sing a different song. His voice was coming from closer than it had been before. Hark, hear the bells, the sweet silver bells. All seems to say, they lead away. The caroler stopped singing suddenly, almost like he was surprised by something. I was confused as to why he had abruptly stopped singing the carol. I turned around quickly to see where he was because the sudden silence was frightening and made me aware that I had no clue where he was exactly. I turned around and saw him. He was standing just behind the model church. He was staring directly at me, pain and worry both presence on his face. I then realized why he had stopped singing. He had just accidentally sung something he didn't mean to, and he knew it. He must have seen my eyes dart up towards the church steeple because he quickly darted forward, bells jingling with each step he took. He was only able to limp due to the hole I had put in his leg but he would still be able to catch me if I wasn't quick enough. I ran towards the steeple, towards the silver bell, the silver bell that I hoped would lead away. I ran as fast as my legs could take me. I ran back through the cemetery and past the rows of small gravestones. The jingle of the bells was growing closer. I jumped over the last couple rows of the tombstones and was back at the church. I quickly moved to the side of the church to where the steeple was. I could hear footsteps and the bells almost next to me now. I turned to look and saw the caroler hobbling up beside me. He took another step towards me and lifted his sleigh bells up into the air, ready to swing. I saw the bells getting swung towards me and so I was able to quickly duck underneath them and watch as they quickly whooshed past the top of my head. As I ducked underneath the impromptu baseball bat, I managed to land a punch directly onto the caroler's thigh, right where the candy cane wound was. He fell to the ground as soon as my fist connected with his leg. He let out a loud yell of pain, but he quickly changed his howl of agony into a more tuneful musical note. As he began to sing, I ran past him and towards the steeple. I saw it as I approached the bottom of the tower that held the silver bell, the trap door. I ran towards it and pulled it open. The light hit my face. The last thing I heard before jumping through was the caroler singing. Hark, hear the bells, sweet silver bells. All seem to say, they lead away. Christmas is here. I'll see you next year. I landed on the hardwood flooring of an old and run-down building. I kept running and soon found an exit. 
The doorway led out onto an unfamiliar street, but that didn't matter. I kept running, trying to find anyone I could that could help me. Ding. The sound made me jump and it took me a second to realize where it came from. My phone. I forgot I had it on me. I pulled it out of my pocket and saw that I had a text. Hey Holly. Hark. Hear the bells. It's nearly Christmas time, which means your workload is going to increase. You are doing a great job and I hope that I will get to actually see you next year. Michael. I closed the text message and rang the police. It has been a year since all of this took place. The police were as helpful as they could be. They found the model village, but there was no sign of anyone anywhere. The caroler was gone. I quit my job of replying to emails as Santa Claus, and I moved to a new apartment straight away, as he knew exactly where I lived. As Christmas time approaches, I am getting more and more worried. I am scared that the caroler will return. He said he would, and I have no reason to doubt that. In fact, last night, while I was trying to sleep, I swear I heard the faint sound of sleigh bells jingling just outside of my apartment. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels, and a blessed day. Every day, we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.